So a while ago, I actually made a podcast talking about my total journey starting a business at 15 years old all the way up until now, at 20 years old. I just turned 20, and at the time that this video was recorded that you're about to watch, I was 19. The podcast that I had filmed a couple months ago... My god, bees are flying above my head. I don't know if the camera got that. And this channel used to be a podcast, and then that's I just decided to convert it to a finance channel. So this podcast was from when this channel was a podcast. So some of the things I'm gonna say in the video, you might be like, why is he saying that? Well, it's because it used to be a podcast, and I'm recycling this footage because it's kind of a long story. I feel like I told it pretty well the first time. Here is my story of how I started a business at 15 years old. Stay to the end because honestly, it's pretty wild. Oh, holy shit. All right, folks. Dadgummit, broke my mic. All right. You see that? That says stonks. That's the name of the game, baby. Well, I had told myself that December 23rd was the last day for uploads for me this year. And well, I also mentioned that there was a pretty good chance that I would not be able to sit still and I would want to do something. So, of course, this is one of those things. We're making a uh, we're making a podcast about how I got started in business at 15 years old uh, and how I started, uh, the things I did wrong, the things I did right, and where I'm at today. So I hope you walk away with not only a mass amount of inspiration and hope that you can actually, anybody can do anything they want to do, anything they set their mind to. I hope this uh, is, is very entertaining. I hope it's informative, inspirational. I think this is going to be one of the most beneficial pieces of content I've ever made because it's about making money and, and being happy. It's about winning in life. And that's like what everybody wants, right? So if you haven't already, I just uploaded the hour and a half long video on my main channel. It's like basically a vlog podcast. It's 2020 best moments on the channel. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. It's an hour and 34 minutes long. And um, I know like it's kind of a, it's a long fucking video and not that many people are clicking on it so far, but Hey, if you want an hour and 34 minutes of the best moments from this year, definitely go check that out. That's just on my main channel. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully people enjoy that. But um, it's let's see, it's the 21st right now, so I'm I'm already I've been ahead for weeks on these daily uploads. I honestly thought that let me let me just talk about these daily uploads because this has to do with the hustle of everything. So in December, I was gonna upload every single day up until the 23rd. Going into it, I was only doing two to three uploads a week. I I was a little bit anxious about it. I was like, I don't really know how this is going to work. And I've heard Casey Neistat. I've heard a bunch of YouTubers talk about how like toxic um, daily vlogging is, how it's just, it's not healthy. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Now I only did it for, I think I did it for like actually 24 days. And, um, and that's only between, so I uploaded every single day on my vlog channel. If I didn't post on my vlog channel, I'd post it on this channel. And on top of doing that, I was also running my dad's channel, uploading three videos a week. So, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> and like right now, it's only the 21st. So really, I made two to three videos a fucking day. No problem. I loved it. I really, I, I would do that. I would keep doing that if I could just find the content. The problem is not like finding the time or the energy or the hustle to do it. It's literally the hardest part is the content. Used to, it was like, oh, I've got, I've got this content. How am I going to find the time to edit it? <clears throat> and that was a part that was the problem. Now it's like, all right, I've gotten into this new routine. I'm on top of everything. Now I just need more content. It's like I, I physically can't go out and make more things happen. So 
honestly, I think it's been a, a lot of fun. I I would keep doing it if I had the content. I'm going to try to do it as much as I can starting January 1st. I'm going to try my best to take a break from working um, from, let's see, the 21st. I, I'm going to try my best from today, the 21st, take like a week off and um, January 1st is we're going to talk about that here in a little bit at the end when it comes, when I'm telling the story of how I started towards the end of where I'm at today. We're going to talk about my game plan uh, somewhat going in. I made a video about it, but we've got a, a lot of different topics to talk about and it's going to go in sequential order. I just wanted to update you on how it was daily vlogging. Um, and this wasn't like me filming my day or me. I mean, it kind of was, but it was like literally me going out on my bike making a piece of content. My legs and body is so sore from it. But at the same time, it's like, I also did a couple reactions. I did the podcast. So, I mean, there was really like some days I wasn't feeling it, but if I wasn't wanting to go out and ride my bike, if it was cold, I'd make a podcast. I'd just make a sit down video. Um, and then I was always making videos for my dad. So yeah, daily uploading was hectic as fuck. My girlfriend wasn't happy I was doing it. I was super busy all the time. Personally, I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't know exactly. I couldn't predict how sustainable it would be because uh, I do have a tendency to get bored with things. It's not like it'd be too much. It'd just be like, I'd get bored with things. And if things started to um, get overwhelming, I would just outsource it. I'd hire people to do different tasks for me. But like if I hired someone to do something right now, I, I wouldn't know what else to do myself. Like I don't have that much to do. You know what I mean? So that's how the daily vlogging went. It was pretty easy. It was fun. Like I said, I was doing two to three videos actually a day. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try to see how long I can keep that going starting January 1st. And it's not going to be daily vlogs. And I'm going to explain why, because I'm actually going into the new year with a different strategy um, because I'm very income focused, if that makes sense. So I have a very small vlog channel, right? So I can't, that's not going to make up the income that I'm going to want this year. We'll get into that. But Oh yeah, I, I have. I want to announce a new series that I'm thinking about doing. Now, this podcast is kind of random. We've got some serious topics. We've got some uh, some interview stuff. We've got some gags and goofs. Some having a good time. Some trying not to laughs. Some uh, some. We've got some roasts. But um, this is kind of more of an interesting business hustler type of series. I'm thinking about making. So one of the things I'm going to start doing is uh, flipping furniture because it's, you know, it's outside, it's active. It's, I'm not sitting behind a computer. I don't, and it's just another source of income. Of course, really, that's what it is for very little time and effort. It's a, it's pays good. So what I'm thinking about doing is going every single week, making a update business show, or maybe turning it into a segment. I'd like to do a weekly episode on business and how things are going and ideas and answer your guys's questions, help you out with your situation. I think that would be really cool. Maybe we can even get that feature where you guys can call in on the show and I can somehow record the computer with the phone call. And I don't know, but I think maybe like once a week, like, like a BMX podcast, a, a business podcast and an entertainment podcast, maybe pump out three a week. And in between those, just make the vlogs. Let me know if you would like this. But here's what I'm thinking about doing is filming my deals, you know, taking the videos, telling you about the deal I got, how much I got it for, where I got it, and um, telling you what I plan to do with it, telling you all my margins, how much I sold it for, the profit, and just kind of documenting all of the uh, the furniture flipping process. Now, I don't really like to get into details on like the YouTube stuff 
And uh, like, I'll, I'll, I would like to update you on how it's going. But when it comes to like, yeah, I sold three pairs of glasses today for this percent margin. That's boring. This furniture flipping stuff's more exciting because anybody can do it. You kind of need to work for years to build an audience, to then build a brand, to then sell. But this is something that anybody can do. So let me know if that sounds like a series that's interesting to you, which it probably won't at this point because only like five people watch this podcast and they're all bike riders pretty much. But fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. So I've got some bullet points written down here. That's why I keep looking over here and move my headphones. So we're going to talk about how I started a business at 15 years old. So when I was 15 years old, my parents were like, hey, how are you going to buy a fucking car? So I think my first car, it was a, a Chrysler Crossfire, one of those weird little bug things. And the reason I got it was because my grandparents had given me a fantastic deal on it. So my parents were like, okay, we'll match your money. I had no job. I was thinking about getting a job, but I was kind of just doing odd, you know, odd things around the house, you know, doing those like paint and shed for my grandma, uh, moving mulch for my uncle, doing all sorts of odd jobs to try to get some money so they could match it and I could buy this like $3,000 car. So the more I did that and the more I thought, but what's kind of, this is kind of funny. So one of my very good friends um, who I work with today is uh, his name's Kyle Mead. He's the owner of the local bike shop. But back then, I was looking for a job. He was the manager at my favorite store at the mall. He was working at Zoomies. He was the manager. And I was talking to him about whenever I turned 16, coming in for an interview and trying to get a job through him, which is kind of funny now because uh, he was working for a store in the mall. I was looking for a job in the mall, and then now we're both business owners, and then we work together on a on a you know business to business aspect, which I think is just kind of fucking crazy how uh, you know things play out. But um, so I was actually thinking about getting a job, but the more I thought about it, and the more I did these odd jobs. Now I like the idea of the odd jobs more than a regular job because I made my schedule. I told myself when to get up. I was in control of the prices. I still had control. I just didn't really like what I was doing which was, um, you know, th- th- I, I just didn't, I-, I liked that. That's kind of what sparked things, but I didn't want a job because then they could tell me what to do. They could tell me when to wake up. They can tell me when to leave and they can fire me at ev- any given second and then I have no fucking money. So let me start with a little bit of a background. I come from a, now so, it just depends on where you come from. Some of the people I grew up with, some of my friends thought that my family was very rich. Some of my friends thought my family was not rich at all. So I would put my family, it just depends on your perspective of money. All right. So I say you're, you're the bottom, the minimum thrift threshold to being rich. In my opinion, it's different to everybody. And there's no real, and then, you know, there's being rich in happiness and all that shit. Fuck that. We're talking about financial. I'd say if you're making half a million, $500,000 or more, I would personally consider you rich, right? And my parents were not making over half a million dollars a year combined. Well, actually this year, my dad did pretty fucking good. I I think he did actually more than that this year. But so I come, what I'm trying to say is I come from a good background, right? They taught me how to, because my, both my parents were entrepreneurs. My dad owns a law firm. My mom owned a psychology practice um, from my dad's success. She had recently just retired and now we have lunch all the time. <laughs> so both my parents were entrepreneurs. They were both successful. They both had a um, fuck you, go get money. Don't rely on anybody else. Um, you know, 
kind of attitude. So they drilled that into me. They were like, you got to do something with your fucking life. But at the same time, they were totally hands off. So in high school, I'd get shitty grades. But if I was trying to hustle with YouTube and all the shit I'm about to talk about, I could have fucking, as long as I got a D and I wasn't failing and dropping out, they didn't really give a shit. So that's the family I come from, a family of entrepreneurs who believe on getting it your own. Hey, you want to, you want a new bike part? Go fucking figure out how to mow lawns for it. You know what I mean? But as I, I still, they still made me like buy shit like that. I always had, um, uh, they weren't like giving me like whatever I wanted, but you know, on Christmas, I'd have a decent Christmas. If I ripped my jeans from riding my bike, they would give me a new pair of jeans. You know what I mean? Um, if I needed a helmet, they would be able to buy me a helmet. I always had food in my stomach. I came from a great fucking home, lots of love. And, um, so that's, that's where I come from. Right. And that's gonna, that's important because that's going to play a big role in the decisions I made building my own life, my own career, because that type of environment is actually crippling to a young hustling person because they feel comfortable. They feel safe. They feel like um, the world's just going to have shit handed to them, right? That's the classic growing up with a successful family. So that's the background. Me and Kyle, considering him hiring me when I was 15, when I started all of this shit and coming from a good family and my back was never against the wall, but spoiler alert, later in the story, I forced my back against the wall. So let's get into it. So 15 years old. This is when I was doing odd jobs and I decided, you know what? Fuck this working at Zoomies. That sounds terrible. No one's going to tell me what the fuck I do, right? So this is when it all started. So I started this, uh, this little company with my buddy called Boss. Boss Industries. We didn't even have an LLC back then. I'm not even sure when that came about. But what Boss was, was a sticker company. I just wanted to sell stickers. I was a sophomore in high school, a fresh sophomore in high school. And I had a 50% partner and we came to school with, I think, I don't remember how many stickers we had, but they were just boss stickers, box logo, boss stickers, selling them for $2 a piece our very first day. And I didn't really think much of it. I just didn't want a job. And I was just like, oh, this seemed kind of fun. You know, I wasn't really, this was before I even understood what like being an entrepreneur was. This was just, I thought this made sense to me. I made $40 my very first day selling product, right? So I showed up to school with a baggie full of stickers and I made $40 at 15. I was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. That was profit, by the way. I, I was like, wait a minute. I can just show up with something I invented. I made up this fucking name. I just went to a print shop, got them for 40 cents a piece. And now I just came home from school with $40 in profit. And, and my buddy actually, Caden Fippen, one of my good friends today, he was like, hey, I believe in you. I, I know you're going to be successful. He saw it in me before I saw it in myself. And so he gave me another $40. He's just like, hey man, have this 40 bucks, put it towards the business. You're going to do dope shit. And I gave him lots of free merch down the road for that, but or free product definitely worth well over $40. So I came home my first day as an entrepreneur. That's a pretty heavy word, but at the same time, that's kind of the definition of, you know, a hustler or whatever. So it was my first day with my own business. I came home with $80 profit. So at the time, me and my buddy weren't really taking any of it because we were 50-50 partners. So like the business had made $80 profit. But think about that. A kid that 
was thinking about maybe getting a job, has no concept of money, doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing, shows up to school one day with a baggie full of six and comes home with almost a hundred dollars. That was a lot of money to me back then. A hundred fucking dollars that I made out of thin air. No job, no Christmas gift, no bonus gift. Are you fucking kidding me? I was stoked on that first hundred bucks. Moving on, we decided to expand. Well, okay, first let me talk about more stickers. This was before we expanded. My first marketing campaign, before I even knew what the word marketing or advertising meant. This was right after this first success. I made more stickers. So this time, I ran my first marketing campaign. I started selling more and more stickers. And this was in like a, like a month time period, just to kind of put some perspective on it. My first month. Started selling more and more stickers, as well as handing a lot of them out to get sticker slapped across the entire school. Principals, school resource officers, they were all like, okay, what the fuck is this? So they sat me and my uh, partner down. We're like, hey, we understand you're selling these stickers and we understand that there's nothing you can do once it's out of your hands, but can you please tell these people on social media that come to this fucking school to stop putting stickers on what people were jumping up and tagging doorways and the, the there were stickers, boss stickers flooded the school. It was a problem that got all the way up to the school board, which my dad was on the school board and he was like, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> so they were fucking on the grounds, on everywhere. But the, here's the thing. I didn't know this was my first time. I think I got these from some sketchy website. That's why these were so cheap and my margins were so good. These fuckers didn't come off. These stickers did not come off. You would peel them and you would get nothing but residue. And I swear to God, my senior year, two years later, all of those stickers were still there. Some of them fully intact and some of them half ripped off. They never fucking left. They've worked on that for so long. They could not get those stickers off. So the next batch, I got much higher quality stickers, but I was done with my uh, marketing campaign. It was successful. People knew I had boss. That was me and my partner's uh, business at the time. And now everybody knew it because they were all looking at these stickers and they tell each other and the teachers were like, yo, what's up with these fucking stickers? You know, like everybody knew what it was. So then we expanded into t-shirts, lanyards, and fidget spinners. And at this point I had turned 16 years old, right? So selling these stickers and shit like that, and uh, I'm sure I was still doing some odd jobs. I was able to match my parents to buy my $3,000 car, which they matched me. So I think I had spent like $1,000, $1,500 of my own money on it. Something like that. They gave me a good deal. And my grandparents gave me a good deal. So I got fucking hooked up that way. So we expanded into t-shirts, lanyards, and fidget spinners. And what I did for my entire junior year, the remainder of my sophomore year, my junior year, I stopped giving an absolute fuck about. I have the most insane high school experience story, but I literally can't even tell you because multiple people would get fucking fired. I swear to God, there was a lot of crazy shit that went on in my benefit to that in that school. With the, I, I'm not even gonna say <clears throat> say anything because I got away with fucking murder there. With how I didn't even fucking show up half the time. They opened the door for me, let me do my shit in class. Not gonna get into any more details, but. So I didn't give a fuck about school. I didn't do any assignments. I had people doing assignments for me. My girlfriend was taking tests for me. All sorts of shit. Anyway. And of course, the teachers were in on it too. So I was um, selling all of this product, stickers, lanyards, t-shirts, all of that out at the... Uh, 
Oh, 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 oh. And I also branched into fidget spinners. That was a part of my uh, business sales. I was doing fidget spinners whenever that was a big thing. So I was selling t-shirts, lanyards, stickers, and fidget spinners out of the back of my Chrysler Crossfire coupe, little teeny tiny, what I thought was a sports car at the time at 16 years old every single day before and after school. And I swear to God, some days before school, there would be a fucking line at the back of my car selling these products. I remember I bought a, uh, I don't, I don't, I wish I remembered like all the details, but like I said, this was so long ago. Um, I was only 16. I guess I'm only 19 now. I just have really bad memory too much, too many head injuries, but I remember I'd made like $400 profit in one week and I did it again the next week. So as you can imagine making like a fucking thousand dollars in a couple weeks as a 16 year old, I was like, holy fucking shit. You know, I had, uh, accumulated a decent amount of money at this point at 16 years old i got my car i've got my money i don't give a fuck about school i finally figured out this is what i'm going to do with my life i'm going to be an entrepreneur and at this point i believe uh i i was making kind of dabbling in youtube not really taking it too seriously um because this is what around when i met met dildo ascock you know you guys know dylan ash like opbmx i remember he had like a thousand subs i had like fucking a hundred subs. So this was kind of when I was just getting started in YouTube. Anyway, fast forward a couple more months after that, of course, the hype phase ended. People were used to me. They were used to my product. Everybody had bought everything. The fidget spinner craze was over. Everything went back to normal. I was like, oh yeah, Grayson Roberts, you know, he's, he's the guy with the business. Um, and at this point, I think I had a falling out with my partner. We're still friends to this day. But we had a falling out and um, I had taken over 100% of the business. So when I was selling shit out of my trunk, that was basically 100% mine. So when I was actually finally making good money, it was all mine. It never, none of it went to him. We, we fell out pretty fucking quick. Anyway. So after the hype phase end ended, I was left with little money. My YouTube channel was finally making like 50 to $100 per month. And uh, I was maybe making only $100 in sales and profit I mean, a month from Boss. So I, uh, let, me, let me see. Yeah, I don't think I have it on the bullet point. So I'm going to talk about it now. So I, I was left with little money because I blew all of it. So I had figured out the business aspect of it. I'd learned the lingo. I'd figure out what sells. I learned what marketing was. You know, I was getting myself established at 16 years old and what it takes to run a business. But what I didn't know is that there's a whole nother side called financial literacy, understanding the dollar, saving, investing, all of that shit at a teenager that just came into a decent chunk of change. I blew it all. And you know what I blew it on? Fucking jewelry. At one point, I had $4,000 in fucking jewelry as a 16-year-old. So whenever this hype phase ended, I was left with watches, necklaces, like gold necklaces, gold bracelets, nice fucking watches, and making like, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month now. So I was like, God damn it. Sold all that shit. I think I only got like a fucking $1,000 total out of all of that, maybe a little bit more. And it was hard to sell too. So that's, uh, I, I had learned a big lesson from there and you might be wondering where was your parents through all of this? Why were they letting you buy it? This was their hands off model. This was like, it's better to teach him how to fuck all of his money up 
at 16 years old rather than when he's 30 years old, you know? So they let me make the biggest mistakes of my financial life at the moment. They just watched it happen. And uh, now I'm extraordinarily financially savvy because of that experience. So I just had a spending problem, going out to eat all the time, just blowing fucking money. I was on top of the world for a little while. Now, I wasn't rich, of course. I was only making, you know, like I only had a few thousand dollars, but to a, you know, a teenager with no job. Well, some of my friends would go home, work fucking until they went to bed and make half of what I was fucking doing. So, I, you know, I, I, I thought I was hot shit. I thought I was hot shit. And to get by, since I was only making a couple hundred bucks total for my business at that point, I was drop shipping items on eBay, right? So what I would do is uh, I think my most successful products were I would go to Amazon.com. I would type in uh, whatever was trending at the time. It was just getting into summer. So I was selling um, pool furniture. I was selling like lounge chairs. I was selling um, uh, all sorts of stuff. My most successful thing was some sort of like outdoor tiki furniture bar ice cooler thing so what i did was i'd go to amazon.com i'd type in outdoor pool furniture boom i'd find a lounge chair lounge chair 80 bucks cool i'd screenshot it i'd upload those screenshots to ebay i'd copy and paste the description and this is called drop shipping where you never touch the product so what i did is i took all the information from amazon plugged it over to ebay but added like 20 to 30 to 50 dollars on the higher ticket items you could charge more but um, I, I would charge like that $80 chair from Amazon. I'd charge like $120 on eBay and people would fucking buy them. So when they bought it from me on eBay, I'd put the order in on Amazon with their address and have that product go directly to them, right? It's called drop shipping. And I would take the difference. And I did that for a while to get by. I was actually having pretty good fucking success with it until, um, well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I was fucking striking gold with this. The Black Panther was a massively anticipated movie coming out, right? So I was doing my research. I had all these little tools to figure out like what was selling, what was, uh, you know, the Google Analytics shit. I had this whole system to figure out this is what people want. This is how I'm going to get it to them without touching the, project, uh, the product or putting any money down. Because I didn't have any, that much money to work with at the time. So it was all free money. So it was working like a fucking charm for a while as I was growing YouTube and all that was and boss was growing in the background, right? So I made a murdering with fucking the Black Panther masks. Well, at, at the time, right? I'm still, I'm like 16. Yeah, I'm 16 at the time. I made maybe fucking like two grand in a week off this shit, right? Like insane. I made so much money. And what I was doing at this point is I wasn't drop shipping it off Ali or Amazon. I was on this website called AliExpress. It was like Amazon, but it's all Chinese. It comes from China. It's Chinese products. And it was a fraction of the price of the same stuff on Amazon. So Amazon FBA is like you go to AliExpress, you order like 5,000 um, lounge chairs, you have it shipped to Amazon for you, and Amazon does it. So that's another form of like drop shipping. But I was doing that with eBay, right? Except I wasn't ordering the inventory and putting it in a warehouse and shipping it out myself like you should do. I was doing the direct to customer model where they would place an order on my eBay account for a lounge chair or what this was a Black Panther mask when I made the, the good money is they would spend 
you know, $50, $60 on a Black Panther mask on my eBay listing. And then I would put that order in on this website called AliExpress and I would ship it to him, except it only costed me like $3 per mask. And I sold a fuck ton of those. I remember I'd wake up every morning to a shit ton of sales in my sleep. I'd come to school the next day and show my friends who were also trying to get businesses going out. And it was just the biggest fucking deal. It was my first breakthrough, right? Well, I didn't know about the fucking Chinese New Year. The Chinese New Year was where everything went wrong. Not so they took a two week break and it already takes like three weeks to get your product. And I didn't understand that the eBay shipping policy, you got to ship it in two days and it's got to arrive in like three. Right. So at this point, we're looking at two, three month shipping times. And if they don't get it, they get their money back. So I had put a lot of money. I bought so many fucking masks. So even though they were like $4 a piece, you know, a couple bucks shipping, five, six, seven dollars per unit, I was selling for like 50 to 60. That adds up and you buy like fucking 100 of them, you know? I don't exactly remember the numbers, but I remember it was a fuck ton. And the one thing I remember is I was getting just fucking raped on eBay. People were messaging me left and right so much I couldn't even keep up with it because it was so many orders. And everybody was like, where's my mask? Where's my mask? I want to wear it to the premiere coming up in a, in a week. Where's it coming from? And I was just like, oh, this is a fucking nightmare, dude. I had so many orders, a lot of money in my bank account, and a lot of pissed off people. So, of course, eBay policy refunded all of the money they gave me, right? So it's like, okay, let's say I made two grand. The two grand went away. I didn't really make two grand. Well, keep in mind, I had already put in all of the orders on AliExpress. So I had lost like 600 fucking dollars in the matter of a day or two because of that. So instead of coming out with like two grand, I actually lost like uh, $600,000, like $600, and, you know, I was 16 at this time and I'd already blown all my money and I thought I'd made another breakthrough, but actually I ended up spending it. And, uh, I, I remember having a little bit of money left over, but that put a decent chunk in it because, uh, you know, even though I had learned a lot from buying jewelry, I was still, I had, uh, my parents still charged me. I had to pay for my car, right? Even though they matched me that I still had to pay for that. Um, like insurance, gas, you know, my own food. I had to pay for all the shit I did, my camera gear and all that. So I, I was, uh, <laughs> was pretty devastating. That was my, another huge mistake I made. So I'd say this is a pretty good time to take a break. We're, I'm going to get something to eat, get something to drink, unpause that feller back there in the TV. And uh, we're going to keep on going with how I started the business at 15 to where I'm at now. All right, let's continue with the story, shall we? So after I'd lost all that money, I decided, fuck that. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to focus on the brand. I'm going to focus on YouTube. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my business. So fast forward a couple months after that, I slowly began to make like 150 to $200 per month on ads, another couple hundred, two to $300 in brand deals, and maybe another hundred to $150 in sales. So let's say I was making like $700 a month total with YouTube at maybe like 10,000 subscribers uh, was pretty much what I was doing. So I've already made a, a podcast on this called I Moved to the Hood. But with that, like $700 a month, I was 17 years old. I graduated early from high school. And as soon as I was out, I was like, fuck it. I'm moving to Kansas City. I want to do it to grow my YouTube channel. I want to get out of here. I want to be put in a back against the wall 
hands tied situation. I wanted to fucking start from the absolute bottom. So I moved to Kansas City and my buddy's like fucking 300 square foot. It was a pretty shitty fucking apartment in a bad part of town. And I slept on the couch for months while I woke up every day and I went out and I would film videos in the bigger city with all my friends, come home and edit. And I was just getting by enough to pay rent, enough to pay my car payment, my insurance, my because uh, at this point I'd gotten rid of that little crossfire and I'd bought a Chevy Cruze so that way I could actually travel around more. And um, I was spending all my money on food, you know, rent, all the bills. And I was traveling a fuck ton. Every other cent I had, we went to like North Carolina. We went to fucking Texas. We went to St. Louis. We went to, uh, we went to a bajillion places. So that's what I was doing. But that, uh, the timeline's all screwed up. But I think that first month towards the end of it, I was like, okay, I've got this YouTube thing going. It's on its way up, but I'm sick of fucking eating shit. Like this was fun for a while. But um, I was like, oh, I'm done with this. It's time to make some real money and help my situation. So that's what I needed. I needed to go there, get my ass kicked. Just be like, I've never lived on my own before. I was 17 years old with hardly any money. I'd moved there with, I think, like $300 in total in my bank account, showed up, and I paid it to that guy I was living with, and I had like no fucking money. So then it got replenished from the YouTube stuff. And I was like, well, we're going to start over again next month with zero money, and I don't know how I'm going to fucking eat every day. So that was motivation. That's what I needed. You don't get that when you're living in a three-story house with a fucking pool and your dad drives a Mercedes. You don't get that there. You don't get that same hustle, that same grind. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Jump in the deep end and sink or fucking swim, baby. So that's what I did. Moved to Kansas City, living on the couch, no money, backs against the wall. Moving home was not an option. Okay, that was never in the question. I always felt like this was life or fucking death. Even though in reality, I could go home. I was only 17, right? And I had a very good relationship with my parents. It was strictly because they were too supportive and just life was too comfortable there. I I thrive and when I'm under pressure, I thrive when things are uncomfortable. It really gets you to get off your ass and change your situation. So I decided to start working with clients. At this point, I had like 10,000 subscribers still roughly, maybe 12,000 at this point. It was going slow, still not making that much money. But there was all of these businesses who were wanting to transition to online, add a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Everybody wanted to be a YouTuber. So I would take these people, I would talk to them, and I would edit videos for them basically. So whether it was corporate videos and they, or personal YouTubers or established or like people wanting to start YouTube, established YouTubers, businesses for marketing things, everything. I was doing it all in my first month doing that. I had made $1,200. And again, this was my first like big break, but nothing bad happened. I actually got to keep this fucking money for the first time. I was like, wow, I just made something out of absolutely nothing. I'm more comfortable now. I have money. Like I had money in my account. I could fucking go do whatever I wanted with that money. And, um, the money I was making from YouTube, I was like, holy shit. All right. I'm getting off this fucking couch. So I moved into a three bedroom, two bath in the fucking hood. It was not a great situation, but I went from moving, living on a couch to, um, living in this, I lived in the master bedroom. So I shared one bedroom with a guy, right? So it was a master bedroom, but there was two beds in there. So it was really fucking cramped. It was a much bigger apartment. It was like a 1200 square foot, three bedroom, two bath, decent kitchen, top floor. Like I was thrilled to be there. Now with this $1,200, you might be thinking, well, if you're making $1,200 a month, plus, you know, your YouTube, you're making about two grand a month. 
No. That working with clients took away from my YouTube channel, right? So what I did is I made that $1,200, had that in my bank account, and then I was still making a little bit of money with YouTube. So I rode that $1,200, baby. I fucking rode that shit. I lived frugally. I didn't travel. I strictly focused on waking up, making YouTube videos, and coming back and spending as little chunk of that $1,200 as absolutely possible. That was what I did. I lived off of it until hopefully my YouTube channel could start making a little bit more money. Well, eventually, I was making some money with clients and my YouTube channel actually started making some fucking money. I think I was at like, I don't know, I don't know maybe like 20,000 subs, something like that. I don't remember all the numbers, but basically, I was finally comfortable and uh, I, I just survived off that $1,200 while pursuing YouTube and it worked. So, uh, long story short, my roommates had jobs. They spent all their money on fucking drugs. We got evicted. I moved out within 24 hours and I was back home at my parents' house. And at this point, I'm 18 years old. I had turned 17 in Kansas City. I think I was in North Carolina for my birthday in the fucking mountains with Dylan. So that was pretty fun. Visited a really cool park in Asheville, uh, I, I believe. Cool park. Anyway. So I was 18 at this time. I'd moved back home with my parents. Things were kind of complicated because I didn't know how to prove my income to get my own place in Kansas City. Winter was coming. Their winter's a lot worse than here, and I absolutely despise winter. I was like, all right, I think I'm done with Kansas City for the rest of my life. I'm never fucking moving back here. Uh, I did it. I'm glad I did. It got me started and everything. It, It built the foundation for the house I'm in now. Well, not not like literally, but like metaphorically, you know what I'm saying? Had my back against the wall, had to get creative, grinded like you've never fucking seen before, taught me so much about being independent, about not spending money. So I learned financial literacy. I learned how to really maximize my business. And I learned just a lot. It it grew me up fast, you know, being in that situation I was in, not only living on your own, just being in the situation I was in, which I had talked about in a previous podcast. We won't get into it here. But now I was back home with decent money in my pocket and just had to figure out like the only missing piece now was like, okay, how do I get into my own apartment now? Um, I had bought an infinity, the infinity I'm still driving today. Well, I, I mean, I, this was like half a year ago too. Things moved pretty quick. So I had some money in my account, especially with no rent anymore. I, I was rent free. Groceries were paid for. I did that for a couple months until the first of the year when I got my year's taxes. And I literally on December 31st of 2019, it was like a year ago. I moved in December 31st and went to bed and woke up January 1st. I was able to prove my income and all that, got in the door um, with one of my friends who uh, also owns a business. But um, So I had money in my account. I put down the deposit. I was buying all this shit for the fucking apartment. Like I was doing so good. I moved into one of the nicest apartment communities in my fucking city. Cost of living is really cheap where I'm from. So we were able to get like one of the top of the line fucking places. Like the cars here, like in the parking lot. There's an apartment complex. The parking lot is like Mercedes, Audis, Infinities, all the nice luxury cars. And then there's a bunch of garages where when you see those open up, that's where like the even nicer Mercedes are. So it's a really good community. It's super safe. They've got their own private security and shit like that. Like it's a really good place, right? So now high rent came into play. So let me, let me figure out where I'm at now. So I was still working with clients and I, between clients and YouTube, I was making enough to live, 
But uh, I, I YouTube still wasn't making that much money. That, that hadn't really grown or changed that much. So I was still working with clients. And I was basically trying to make just enough money to live, you know, pay rent, pay bills, groceries, gas, insurance, everything you need, and nothing more. Because I was trying to just make videos, focus on videos, spend more time editing videos. Even though it wasn't making a bunch of money, I was just making enough to live. You know, if I if something came up and I needed more money, okay, I won't film or edit this day. I'll work with a client and make that money. And I was fine. I always had the the opportunity to go get make as much money as I wanted, but I didn't want to make a bunch of money because I wanted to focus on growing the YouTube because long term that'll be better paying, right? So I was just making enough to get by while still growing the brand, still growing YouTube. I was making just enough to get by. And then coronavirus fucking hits. And that was devastating because I went from making enough to get by, but I could make a shit ton of money right now if I wanted to, to making enough money to get by, and that's it. I was already maxing out the money I could make. I was working with as many clients that were still trying to hire people. There were zero brand deals. The CPM dropped. Like everything went to, like I was doing everything I could to just basically survive for months. And this was just now, right? Got into a little bit of credit card debt. So I, I'm not in that much debt. Like I didn't go to college. I, didn't, I don't have student loans. I don't drive a really, I, I basically fucking stole that car. I got a ridiculous deal buying that car. So I don't have a super high car payment. I've never crashed. I don't, I don't have any tickets, no high insurance. But so I was just surviving, dude. And then finally, the past like four months, things finally turned around. Um, I, let me know if you want me to make a video on how I had to scrap and get creative and all the things I've never done before during the coronavirus to maximize this YouTube channel to just stay afloat. I can make a whole nother podcast on that. Just let me know down below if that's something you're interested in. But so that's the that whole time period was just kind of it was a setback, but it was a setback for the entire world. There was nothing I could really do about it. I just had to put my head down and, and really keep going. So current day, of course, I'm making more money. We're still in the coronavirus, but I'm finally able to not only survive, but do what I'm doing now, make enough to survive and put good chunks of money away every month, work on paying down this debt. I'm in like the rebuilding phase, you know, so. I'm stoked to be able to put money away every single month, uh, stuff like that. And I, I'm I'm not only surviving, I'm very comfortable and also putting money away, right? So we're, we're oh, and I moved into a new apartment. So our rent went up, every, all my bills went up. I fucking love this place. Maybe I'll give you a tour if you guys give a shit. But um, yeah, so I'm doing good now. So I'll explain my current sources of income. I make YouTube AdSense. I'm not going to get into how much I make because that's you know, that's different. But YouTube AdSense, I make money off sponsors on the video. I make money from merch. I make money from affiliate marketing. And I also make money from selling courses. So that's how I make my income right now. It's basically solely my vlog channel, right? I don't, I'm not working with clients right now and nothing like that. I'm only doing all of this on my vlog channel with like 37,000 subscribers currently. So it's December 21st, starting, so I'm going to take a break, like I said, and starting January 1st, we're going to be doing the same stuff, but I'm going about it a completely different way. Let me explain to you the sources of income I'm going to create starting January 1st. So with me being comfortable, plus putting away money, that means I'm going to 
create more sources of income, make more money, leverage things already to make even more income. And that's all going to be put away. And I'll tell you in a second why I'm putting away everything and not like enjoying the money per se. So the new ones is going to be, I'm going to take on as many fucking clients. Remember how I said I made like $1,200 that first time? My portfolio is obviously much bigger. I manage multiple channels. I've got, a, a, I can get more clients, higher paying clients, and I'm going to get as many as I can humanly get. But, I mean, at one point I was getting paid $150 per vlog to edit, and it only took me an hour to edit, right? So I'm going to try to see how many of those hundred, I was getting paid actually $200 for like 30 minutes of editing at one point. So that shit was fucking crazy. But I'm going to get as many of those clients as I can. That pays really good, right? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay Thug using my portfolio. I'm going to get all this work, dump it off to Thug, hire him, and I'm going to take the difference. I'm going to pay him very well. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to pay him handsomely. He's going to be comfortable. And then I'm going to split the difference. So that's going to be a whole nother source of income. That's completely passive. The only thing I have to do is get the clients using my portfolio and he can edit them for me and I hire him for that, right? So that's going to be in place starting January 1st. And another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start flipping furniture. So the first deal I I picked up, I was on Marketplace and there's so much free money out there. I swear to God, the money out there is insane on Marketplace. Not only in things to purchase and flip, but people are giving away gold. That's why I want to start the series. I don't want to go into it too much right now because I think a series would be cool to watch the deals I can get and see how much money I can really make. For example, yesterday, I wasn't going to do this till January 1st because I don't even have a storage unit. Right now, it's sitting in my dad's storage unit that's fucking full and um, I need to, I need to go, I should go get one today, but it's already about five, but I, I need to get a storage unit because they're really cheap and I need a place to store it. But I so it was on marketplace. I was playing the new cold war. Um, I didn't buy it. I was just playing the free week online multiplayer and I was scrolling through and I, and I've been seeing like really nice dining room sets, fucking hardly new couches. Like things that like this person sold their whole living room, but they weren't selling it. It was all free. And I tried to get the deal because I swear to God, I would have made a thousand fucking dollars in a week selling that shit back on marketplace that I picked up for free. But they listed it like 30 minutes ago. Someone messaged him before me, picked it all up. But the, what I'm trying to say is there's so much money out there. So, and I don't have a truck, right? So my, my roommate has a truck. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to work out a deal with him, work out all the numbers. But that's what, what I'm doing from now until January 1st is working out all that shit. But I just saw this thing pull up. It said free and it was a desk. It was a, it was a normal desk like I have now, except it had a sliding tray. It had a tray on the very bottom and it had things where you can like, like it's hard to explain. Then there was a whole nother like desk up top where you can set shit. So it was like this multi-layer tall ass fucking desk in good condition for free. I messaged towards like, Oh, you still have this? And it's like, yep. First come first serve sitting on a thing. Here's my address. Fucking booked it over there barely fit in the back of my little tiny crossover SUV and um, brought it back to dad's storage unit. That was yesterday. I'm going to wipe it down, clean it up. It's got a little bit of rust on it that I can easily clean up and paint over. And I'm hoping to get like anywhere from $60 to $150 out of it. Now, this wasn't like the best deal I've seen by any means, but I could get it right then and there. I was sick of missing out on free money. So if you think about it, even if I get 60 bucks out of it, it took me 30 minutes in total to go there, load it up, pick it up, bring it back, put it in the storage unit, come home. 30 minutes for 
minimum of $60, potentially $150. You fucking kidding me, dude? Desks like that go for a decent amount on Marketplace if you can clean them up. And uh, I've noticed I've sold a lot of things on Marketplace. If you wait like a week, someone will buy it because the products on there are different every day. If someone wants a desk and they happen to load it up and you're the only option, they'll fucking buy it for me because it's in good condition. It's cheaper than going to a, a normal store. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to try to make a good amount of money doing that. Good amount of money doing clients. Put all of that shit away. And uh, save for investing into real estate. And that's what I'm going to do. So not only those two sources of income are going to come in. YouTube also keeps growing throughout this whole story. One one constant theme was my YouTube income and brand income and affiliate marketing brand deals. All of that have slowly been exponentially rising. Now we're going to add on clients, furniture flipping. By the time January 1st hits, um, I'm 95% sure this podcast is going to be monetized. So that's going to be making a little bit of extra money that could take off at any time. My dad's channel, which I own 50% of in a very high CPM niche that has a really, really good virality potential. That's going to be monetized soon. We're a little over halfway. That's probably going to be in the next like two to three month goal mark. So I'm about to add on one, two, three, four more sources of income. So that's pretty fucking crazy. And I'm going to put as absolutely as much of it away as I can. So that way I can move to Florida, buy real estate, invest, flip apartments, all that shit. That's my goal. And then uh, keep doing the podcast, keep making vlogs. And um, yeah, I don't really know what my YouTube content will turn into because I won't be writing as much. Uh, I love BMX. I, I love it to death, but I love it more as a hobby. Never have any interest in making money in the industry. I don't give a fuck about being pro. I don't give a fuck about selling bike parts. I don't give a shit about even doing it on YouTube. I want to ride bikes for me because it's fun. And YouTube will soon be well overtaken in years from now from the real estate and all the investments. So still going to always ride BMX and I will still vlog it. But this channel, you might be might have a cameraman following me around watching me invest in deals and maybe I'll buy an apartment building and do a tail up in it one day. I don't know. Hopefully that's the goal and I'm going to get it. So that's pretty much how I started a business at 15 and where I'm at now. And I want to discuss real quick where I see myself in five years because I'd thought about this this morning, I thought it'd be interesting to do on the podcast. And I haven't really like came up with a good answer. Like I'm always visualizing for the future and shit like that. But where I see myself in five years. So right now I'm 19. Let's see. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 24 years old. I see myself with a decently big YouTube channel. I see myself working with a decent amount of clients. We'll see if furniture flipping at that point. I probably will not be furniture flipping five years from now because that, that this is hopefully just going to be an easy five hundred to a thousand dollars a month extra that I can just put away. Um, and I've seen people. I saw this guy make like four grand in like two days, but I don't have time to do it like full time. I've still got a fucking business to run. It's just extra stuff, maybe on the weekends, you know. But five years, I see myself with a decently big YouTube channel. I see myself with a really big podcast and I'm, I'm hoping in five years, I'm hoping for 200,000 YouTube followers and maybe half a million podcast followers. That's fucking insane numbers for five years. But let's see if we can come back here, future predictions in five years, we're going to have 300,000 followers and this is going to have 
the the vlog channel is gonna have three hundred thousand, and the podcast is gonna have hopefully half a million. Those are fucking insane numbers, especially since the podcast gets no views right now. Five years is insane, but we're gonna try to do it. That's where I see myself in five years. Now in ten years, I see myself always doing this podcast. I love the podcast. I love talking, inspiring, informing. So I'm always gonna do the podcast. In five years, I see my channel turning into someone following me around with a camera, whether it's at the skate park, whether it's investing in deals. But in 10 years, my main priority will be, hey, maybe I can even hire Thug to run this whole working with clients and building this like kind of video editing business. Maybe we can work on that with him. He can take over that. You know, I own it, but he's like the CEO or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I see myself working with that as a business. I see myself doing the podcast as a business with my main channel following me around just like kind of like a reality TV show, whatever the fuck, selling merch, sponsors doing that. So all of those income plus my main priority, investing in real estate. That's how I'm going to turn hopefully $100,000 to a million to $100 million, right? So it's all planned out and it's sounded kind of scattered and I've been, you know, blabbing about it on here, but it's all planned out. That's Hopefully you learned stuff. Hopefully gave you some ideas, some information, some motivation. Where I see myself in 10 years, real estate. I see myself buying retail strips. I see myself buying apartment complexes. And uh, all of this shit I'm doing right now is to feed that. Everything I'm doing right now. So yeah, that's that. Hopefully you took something away. If you're still here, comment stonks down below. Uh, you know what? I'm going to show you my favorite fucking hoodie that I saw in my store. And I think it's so appropriate for this. Hold on. Oh, holy shit. All right, folks. Dad gummit broke my mic. All right. You see that? That says stonks. That's the name of the game, baby. This is my favorite hoodie. And I never really wear it on camera. And I'll tell you why. It's so white. It's so fluffy. It's so soft. It's perfect. I love this hoodie. But I'm always with my girlfriend. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. Because she left and I put on the shirt. So when she like gets on me, she's very touchy and handsy. And when she puts her face on me, it gets makeup on it. I don't want fucking makeup on my stonks hoodie, okay? So that's why I don't wear it. But hey, if you want a stonks hoodie, click the link down below. I absolutely love this thing. Um, I'm just afraid of like, I'm a pig kind of when I eat and shit. So there you have it, folks. How I started a business at 15 to where I'm at now to where I see myself in the future. Let me know down below if you learned anything. If, hey, you're like, I want to start a YouTube. I want to start a clothing. Don't start a fucking clothing brand. That's the stupidest thing you could do. But hey, if you're a YouTuber and you've got an audience, you might as well make some free money. Let me know if you're interested in real estate. Let me know if I should talk about the uh, how I got through coronavirus. And most importantly, let me know if you want a monthly business-related, fun, lighthearted, making money, nothing too crazy series talking about uh, the deals I did that week, how business is going overall, and answering your questions about whatever. Let me know if I should do that. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, folks. Uh, and I will see you back on the vlog channel next year, but you're probably still going to see podcasts because I cannot sit still. <laughs>